This is episode 282, Feeling Enough No Matter What with Jesse. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. I am so happy you're here. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a beautiful episode for you today. And any of you that struggle with not enoughness or feel like you're ADD or have ever been labeled that or not sure if you really dealt with your childhood trauma, this is a great episode for you to listen to. Also, I know so many of you coaches and therapists listen to the show to enhance your own skills. And I'll explain why I coached Jesse the way I did at the outro after the episode. So heads up for that as well. And to all the coaches, aspiring coaches, therapists, or wellness practitioners who want to become master coaches. You've heard me say that I am starting a coaching training institute with three other master coaches. Enrollment by the time you hear this will probably be open, but just go to christinehasler.com slash coach training, and we'll be able to direct you to the site to apply from there. It's going to be an epic six-month training program. And there's an opportunity for anyone that goes to the six-month first training with us to become paid faculty in future training programs for the Institute. So we're super excited about that. Two more quick announcements. On February 11th, I'm holding a group virtual coaching call. The subject is going to be inner child. This is a great entry into our inner child workshop that happens March 19th through 21st. The group coaching virtual program is only $20. It's February 11th. If you can't join live, you can get the recording. If you do join live, you have a chance to get coached by me. So be sure to sign up for that, christinehassler.com slash group. As you're listening to this call with Jesse, consider, do you shop a little too much or have some kind of, maybe call it an addiction or behavior that you know is not really healthy, but you just can't seem to stop yourself from doing it? Do you struggle with feeling not enough? Do you have a lot of childhood trauma or chaos that you've done your best to cope with, but you don't know if you're totally free of it? And finally, have you and do you really accept all parts of yourself, even the parts that feel not enough. So keep these questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Jesse. Before we dive in, I want to share something with you. I actually hear from a lot of people that were coached on the podcast. They usually send me a message on Instagram where they write me an email about how the coaching session gave them some clarity, supported them, gave them some direction or helped in some way. And I wanted to play this one from Dee, who was on episode... 234, almost a year ago, because it's a little relevant to today's call. She had a bit of a shopping and a spending issue. And I was just so overjoyed to get this voice memo from her and I have her permission to share it on this show. 
My name is Dee. I'm so excited to send you this update. I was one of your callers from about a year ago, almost exactly. And in my episode, we talked about how even though my life was amazing, I had this continual cycle of racking up credit card debt and, and taking out loans, putting myself and my family in financial risk, even though my husband was very adverse to debt. And I have to say that based off of our conversation, my my whole life has changed. My whole perspective of financial well-being has changed. And I'm happy to report a year later that we are 100% credit card and loan debt-free. We are completely debt-free and our marriage has completely shifted with one another to be one that talks openly and honestly about our finances and we are on the same page when it comes to our financial goals. And this is somewhere we had never been able to access 12 years into our marriage because I kept having this shadow in our marriage and this secret in our marriage that I keep racking up credit cards. And so that I am proud to say is behind me. And I can't thank you enough for your guidance and for the podcast and for you continuing to allow us to call in and get this access to you. I continue to be an avid listener and I learned so much from the other callers. So I just really wanted to take this minute here to send you this amazing update and just thank you from the bottom of my heart. And just one last thing before we, no pun intended, walk into the coaching call. What are you walking in lately? Are your shoes stylish and sustainable? Well, if you're wearing one of my favorite brands, Rothy's, they are. So make a mark in your new year with comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags from Rothy's. They're so comfortable. I love mine. Usually I have to break in shoes for a while, but not my Rothy's. Just put them on. They're ready to go. They are my casual shoes, my dress shoes. I love flats. I never wear heels. If you've listened to me for a while, you know that. That's why it's no surprise that Rothy's are the best-selling shoe because they have 3,000 near-perfect reviews and I'm one of them. Rothy's are available in a range of styles and tons of colors. They're knit from a thread made with plastic water bottles, which I think is so cool that Rothy's has transformed over 70 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. I love being able to toss them in the washing machine whenever they need a refresh. So there's no worry about, I have to save these shoes. I can't get them dirty. Plus Rothy's comes with free shipping and return on all eligible items. So check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks over at rothys.com slash over. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash over. Style and sustainability to create your new favorites. Head to rothys.com slash over today. And now on to my call with Jesse. Jesse, welcome to the show. How can I help? So I have been struggling recently with the perfectionism and buying unnecessary things that I don't need and can't necessarily afford. I still struggle with the trauma from my childhood. And I feel like I've done a lot of, you know, working on myself but I'm realizing that I still have some of the same issues that are, I guess, laying through my dating and the way I self-soothe or the way mm-hmm. I don't self-soothe and things like that. And is is shopping one of the ways you self-soothe? I really am trying to correlate what happens in my mind before I buy things. And I'm thinking that it has to do with 
me not feeling enough in those mm-hmm. moments and that mm-hmm. I need to fulfill my enoughness by looking a certain way mm. or by having like, and it's not necessarily the materialistic of like, I need to have the Gucci purse. It's more of like, I need to look pretty because I need to be pretty. Mm. What happens if you're not pretty? Like my mom, she used to be a uh, model mm-hmm. and you know, even till this day, it's like, I've, I'm either not skinny enough, you know, where she's like, you should, you could wear that dress if you lost five pounds or your mom still says those things to you now. Oh, so, and I'm not quite sure if it's a, it is a cultural thing and not to speak negatively of my culture, but it is truly very common in the Asian culture where being brutally honest is like a norm. And I've had to you know, kind of clarified to my mom since I've moved 2000 miles away, like, Hey, when I come home, we, I just went through a pandemic and my, the stables closed, the gyms closed. I don't need to hear your commentary about my weight. And I will have to like prep her to make sure she's aware that I'm extremely sensitive and I don't need to hear your shit. (laughs) Well, good job on boundaries. And isn't it interesting that we use the word brutally or use the words brutally honest when we're talking about things people really shouldn't be saying to us, things that are just mean because they are brutal. They are brutal. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have to put those kind of fierce boundaries in place with your mom. So I love your level of awareness I think that you're spot on in terms of the shopping is just a way that you look to feel enough and your conscious mind knows, Hey, this isn't going to solve my problems. This isn't going to make me feel better about myself. But the, the unconscious program is still looking for a way to feel enough. So what do you do in your daily life to feel enough without having to do anything? So in order to fulfill my daily cup of self-love, I try to remind myself that, you know, if I die tomorrow, that today I want to be kind, today I want to be loved, and today I want to teach and show my daughter that she's everything she wants to be Mm. and everything she needs to be. I think it's changed tremendously since I've become a mother, and I think after losing my brother, you know, when he was really young, as Mm. well as my dad kind of back to back, it has shown me truly who I want to be and how I want to leave this earth. Who do you want to be? You know, I just want to be happy. Well, happy isn't a sustainable emotion. No one's happy 24 seven. I think it's not happy, but I noticed that buying the things don't make me happy. Right. Having this career doesn't make me happy. It's by happy, I mean content with myself. Yes, there you go. And That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> content and at peace. And with, yeah, you know, who I am and what mm-hmm. I've gone through. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. I'm going to give you a choice, Jesse, in terms of how you want me to support you. We can talk about your trauma and talk about your past and how it may be impacting this. We can kind of dissect it. Or we can talk about how to start creating shifts so that you're not living from your past anymore. Which do you feel you're ready for and which do you feel would be more appropriate? I feel like I've worked through my past and Mm -hmm. I'm like still struggling with the ADD. And I don't know if that's a real term, but I, I like struggle with that tremendously. A lot of times people have acquired the label ADD 
because they grew up with an overstimulated nervous system, chaos, parents fighting, just right. not not a lot of predictability. And so a coping strategy, and I'm not saying this is the reason for all ADD. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not an expert in ADD. But I have seen a pattern with people I've worked with that say they have ADD. Often they just didn't feel, they had a lot of creative energy as kids, and often they just feel like they weren't well-resourced. And so being distracted was a coping strategy. I actually read that as well, and it made total sense that there's so many correlations between children who've had you know, traumatic lifestyles their entire childhood, where everything's kind of, it's mad constantly. And I'm constantly trying to figure out if my dad was had the inkling of anger, which could be within seconds into, you know, or constant where I would have to run and Mm -hmm. or where I would, you know, have to like, I would be in fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thought I would be a lot more calm for this, but I think that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. You don't have to be any way other than what you are. And sometimes it's hard to talk about these things. And especially if we're on the brink of a big breakthrough, Sometimes more anxiety is present because a part of us can feel that we're changing. So it sounds like you had a dad who had a temper, a mom who was pretty critical, which was sort of accepted and maybe even reinforced in your culture. So you're you're dealing with some of that as well, like the confliction between, wait, this feels wrong, but it's accepted on some level. So that must have been very confusing. So let's, let's talk about your nervous system for a moment. On a daily basis, if you were to give an average for the level of just like, anxiety is a wrong word, but like revved up or wiry or kind of anxious feeling, 10 being super high, one being low, what would be an average? I'd probably average every day at eight. Okay. I would just want to try something with you. I just want you to close your eyes and put one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly. And take three really deep, slow breaths. And as you're breathing, just use your breath to really come into the present moment, to hear my voice, to know that in this moment you're supported. There's someone here holding space for you. There's nothing you have to do. There's no right answers. There's no wrong thing to say. This is just about you receiving support and you coming to a deeper understanding of yourself and your needs. So keep breathing and see if you can shift your awareness from your head down into your heart, down into your body. And keep your eyes closed when you respond to me. After I answer you questions, just answer from this place and keep your hand on your heart and your hand on your belly and stay present to the breath. And I want you just to ask your body, what do you need? Ask your body that inwardly and then answer, please, out loud. I need to feel like I'm enough. Mm -hmm. What else does your body need? Like I need to feel safe. Safe. Don't, yeah. What else? I don't know if I am over, like if I've, truly come to terms with my dad and if mm-hmm. I if I'm okay because mm-hmm. I think I am and I think I've put in the work and I've done the therapy and I I don't know because I'm still struggling with the same 
I'm dating the same men. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you also need to grieve and complete some things. Because grieving isn't just for when someone dies. Grieving is also grieving the relationship we didn't ever have. So keep your eyes closed. You're doing great. What else? That may be it, but we're just checking. What else does your body really need? Your body, your nervous system, that little Jesse inside. I think that's it. Like when I look at everything in the bigger picture, it is, it's the feeling of being enough. And I also am realizing recently that like, I need to feel like the support and the, I'm very much someone who needs to be a part of a tribe. Mm -hmm. Like, so connection, Mm -hmm. right. Connected. And yeah, well, it's hard to get there if you don't feel enough and if you don't feel safe. So let's get back to enough. What would, how would you know, Jesse, if you were enough, how would you know? I feel like I would stop buying things. Like I have these moments that I'm in a low where I can feel my emotions being like, well, you know, and I, I don't know if there's, I've been trying to be more mindful of the, like the connections, but I'm like, it's sometimes when I'm on social media, I'm like, gosh, like, you know, am I pretty enough? And the crazy thing is like the part of me that's healed is like, wow, you're an amazing woman. You've been through so much and you still strive to give everything you can and, and to, mm-hmm. to love as deeply as possible. And that's but then, the, hold on. I just want to point something out. That's not the healed part of you. That's you. That's the essence of you. So it sounds like you're just in a little bit of an internal battle between the truth of who you are and belief systems that have become programs that kind of run the show. So a big part of healing that is accepting it, is accepting, you know what? I know in my core and in my heart that I am so strong and I've come so far and I am worthy and I am enough. And I'm aware of this, that there's this part, it's probably tied to my little girl that feels like she isn't enough and is looking for love. And I accept that part and I love that part. And I'm going to learn how to respond to that part and give it what it truly needs rather than trying to search for something external. So the, the problem that all of us run into is we have a need that is instigated by our inner child that need to feel enough, but that instead of responding from our adult self, we let the child respond to the child. So it's your inner child that's having the need to feel enough, but it's also your inner child that's doing the shopping because she doesn't know what else to do. So this is where the loving mother inside of you has to come forward. And when you notice that urge to shop, just observe it, accept it. Don't make it wrong. The the block we all run into and why it's so hard sometimes to change things is because we don't transform when we're in the energy of judgment. So if you're shopping and you see yourself online and you're buying things you don't need, and then you judge yourself for it, it's just going to keep happening because you can't transform something when you're right. judging it. Does that make sense? It's like a, it does. It's like a cycle. It's right. a total cycle. It's a well, total it's like, cycle. It's not necessarily, so it is an issue, I would say, but just because of an issue, see it as an issue, as I want to be like my self-worth to be a lot higher than where it is. And 
obviously to have more savings. Like I, you know, I work, I have a great career and I have a great boss and I have like a side hustle as well, which is great. But sometimes I feel like when I have these emergency moments where I have to spend $7,000 on windows and I'm doing it as a single mother and having to like search for having getting several mm-hmm. quotes and knowing nothing about home ownership because I did not see it in my mom or my my family and just kind of struggling with making decisions and and large home like adult things I yes. guess I would say where I see my friends where they have like their their dad come over or their mom or their uncle or their brothers where now that I lived you know 2000 miles away not knowing if my brother my brothers could help me but sometimes I just feel like alone. Yeah. You know, which I'm sure you felt that way as a child a lot too. Yeah. I'm just, I realized in so many moments that I didn't have like a loving father. I sometimes really thought that I was adopted and that's kind of why he hated me. Mm-hmm. But I realized that like, why I would feel he hated you. He would, I would, you know, have to wake him up and tell him that I was leaving for school and he would be in utter rage screaming like why are you the dumbest kid in your class and Mm. I was probably in like second or third grade which there's no sense of you know um brilliance in that age necessarily Mm -hmm. because you're just tying your shoes when I look back now and maybe it was like third fourth grade but to him I had to be the best in my class I had to be the fastest and it's also a part of you know, like he was extremely, like he was extremely intelligent, you know, uh, spoke several languages, had his master's, went to the best schools. And that's a part of what he expected of me. I wish I would have had a moment to tell him in that time, like dad, when the cops are constantly coming to our house, because you're abusing, you're, you know, hitting our mom and you're screaming Mm. and the neighbors are calling. I don't really have the time to sleep. And Mm. I have the fear and the, you know, like I had created this power where I would just shut down and I, he wouldn't, he would say, don't cry and scream at me. So I had to learn not to cry. Mm -hmm. And I still have, I'm like kind of grateful that I'm crying now, but I still have that issue where I'm an adult who cannot cry in moments that tears are expected because I had to learn it survival technique to stay alive. Yeah. So Jesse, there's a lot here and I'm not saying you probably heard me say on the show, I'm not saying you're damaged. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm noticing I try to go one direction with you and then we kind of shift and shift and shift and shift. So what that usually means is we can't go too deep in any one direction because like there's too much emotion and there's too much trauma there. So my question for you is, is have you ever worked with a somatic or trauma informed therapist? Have you ever worked with someone to help you move some of this energy through your body? Because what you just shared is very traumatizing for a little girl. And then there was other things that you shared throughout this session that stack on top of that. But being raised in a household that's so violent that the police come, that that's that sits in your body until there's there's a way to shift it out, which is probably why, you know, I think the not feeling safe is a bigger deal than not feeling enough. 
like that sort of sits on top of not feeling safe. But the the safety thing and the constantly looking for a distraction or something to do or something to say or something to talk about, it's like you, it's like a a beach ball that you're trying to keep underwater. Does that make sense? Sure. It just keeps floating back up. Well, yeah, you're, it takes a lot of energy to hold it down. You know, you have to, a beach ball doesn't just sink. You have to, you have to suppress it in order to keep it there. And it takes a lot of energy. So let me go back to my question. How much trauma or somatic work have you done? So I actually have, was, I've listened and, and read your, one of your books, mm-hmm. but I think that's the next step. I tried doing the therapy and that ended kind of poorly. Yeah. I, did you try regular talk therapy or did you try trauma-informed therapy? So regular talk therapy, I think. Yeah. I would not suggest that for you. Oh. Yeah. Talking is kind of your way, another way you suppress. You're a good talker and you're (laughs) good about talking about it. But where the shift is, is letting some of that raw emotion out and then learning how to bring in. Because whenever we release big emotions, we want to bring in higher frequency emotions like forgiveness, gratitude, love, those kinds of things. But because you haven't really had the experience because your life has been busy and you're also a mother and it's just been a lot of just having to figure things out on your own, it's just like your nervous system is a little fried for lack of a better word. It's a little delicate. And so having that kind of space just to let things out where someone's tracking your emotion and helping you, you know, find your anger and find your rage and find all of that. And instead of it overpowering you, you being empowered because of it so that that anger turns into courage and that shame turns into vulnerability and that doubt turns into confidence that's what happens when we actually do emotional release. It's a transmutation of emotions. That's the whole point. It's not to relive the trauma. So you were going to say something at the end of therapy. What? I was requesting that I just had realized, and I kept hearing you share the recommendation for somatic mm-hmm. therapy where I'd shared that I was, I think I needed uh, some trauma release yes. like as help. Yes. Um, so, you know what? Like even in those moments that weren't traumatic, I'm trying to correlate what happens when I look back and I'm like, you know, after a morning of screaming, my we would have to greet my dad at the door and we would have to, you know, he would sit us on his lap and he would, you know, like caress your leg or he would ask me to lay in bed with him. And I was obviously too old when he was just wearing his you know, his briefs mm-hmm. where I look back now where I don't know if I'm making the healthiest choices. Like I'm continuing mm-hmm. to, to date similar men and not to say that like not abusive, but very much in the light of uh, the men that I've known my entire life, you know, business owners, brilliant entrepreneurs, successful young men, where a lot of them have the same sense of arrogance or impatience or lack of, you know, emotional IQ, mm-hmm. where I'm wondering, like, I feel like I don't know where that sits. And I, well, obviously, you're trying to handle too much at once right now, Jesse. Okay. My recommendation would be no dating. 
You're not in a, from my point of view, you're not in a space to date. You, you haven't really yet come to a place inside where you feel worthy enough of the kind of healthy love that you're yearning for. And yeah, you're probably attracting men like your dad. That's basically what happens. We sort of attract at the level of our, our issues until we heal those and we move into a different frequency with them. And then we're not attracting that. But from my point of view, dating, and I'm going to sound kind of dramatic here for a moment, dating is a little dangerous. Not because you're broken, not because you aren't smart, but because there is like a level of of trauma here that hasn't quite been healed and still is running the show a little bit. So there comes a point where our trauma becomes part of our learning and part of the things that helped us grow and part of the things that have evolved our soul. But before it gets there, it becomes the thing that creates our reality until we shift it. And so everything we choose, because, you know, the unconscious like, or subconscious, however you want to say it, it drives about 90 to 95% of our behavior. So we're coming from the past. We're coming from our trauma. We're coming from our limiting beliefs until we reach a point where we shift enough of that to be aware of when we're coming from it and choose and attract something differently. So my suggestion to you first, like, just know that hearing everything that you've been through, my heart just goes out to you. You know, I want to just like come there and help you with the windows and I'll I'll tell you you're enough and all those things. And I know that no one outside of you can fix this, that this is ultimately going to come down to you being that loving parent to yourself. And, you know, you said you wanted to be a great example to your daughter. One of the best things you can do for her is get yourself the help that you need because this is a lot that you went through. And it sounds like you read my book, which is great. You've been to talk therapy, but it sounds like it's not quite enough yet. You haven't quite found the thing that just frees you. And maybe this conversation is that invitation to the universe and that nudge that you need to reach out for the help that will actually help. Does that feel true to you? It does. Yeah. And again, you're not damaged. You're not broken. You're just a beautiful, sensitive being who was born into a family where there was abuse, there was violence, there were some inappropriate things sexually, it sounds like, even if nothing happened, that's, you and I both know that's inappropriate, the things that happened with your dad. There was some criticism from mom, there was chaos, and you've done so well getting to where you are. And I hope you give yourself incredible, incredible credit for this. And I don't think you and I would be on this call right now if there wasn't a part of you that was seeking some support, seeking some help, because you've managed this on your own as as well as you can. And again, you've done beautifully. And now it may be time to find Team Jesse, you know, the, the people that can really help you manage some of this. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And how are you feeling now? I feel like I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I have 30 minutes. I want to make sure I address everything. Mm-hmm. And then I just like scrambled and just totally squirreled. But I, hearing everything that I knew I needed to do, I just 
kind of pushed it along like, oh, you'll just need to find a new therapist. Oh, you should start looking for that somatic, you know, release. And, mm-hmm. and then like, I literally wrote it on post-its, um, like for my days off and then like executing it was not my priority, which is ironic because it's obviously something I think is important. And I somehow just kind of pushed it, but I thank you because I really, I know I need it. Yeah. Well, and you, you, you get to receive it again, you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. There's just a lot that you've had to manage. And now, you know, you're a single mom too. And so we, we live in an interdependent world. I wouldn't be where I am without the people that have helped me. And you also said with ADD, you know, that often that label is put on people who are highly creative and very sensitive. And you probably felt and still carry in your body a lot of the trauma and a lot of the chaos. And it is possible to release that and get that out. So I would just set the intention to really find the right healer, the right person to work with you. Don't work with anybody that you don't feel safe with. Like this is really about your empowerment. And if you don't feel safe, because it's so important you feel safe with whoever is holding space with you. If you don't feel safe, it's not the person. If you feel like you can't be yourself, if you feel like they're judging you, if you feel like you have to be a certain way, not a fit. Right. You don't need anyone that pushes you or criticize you because remember, you might be attracted to healers or therapists that are maybe a little pushy or assertive because mom is kind of that way. So just be mindful of, you know, who you pick and make sure that, you know, you check yourself and you're like, do I feel safe? Can I feel vulnerable? Will I be honest? Do I feel judged? And if you get a green light, then great. And if you don't, then no. What's coming up for you now? No, that makes sense. I actually recommend that to everyone that's looking for help. Like if you don't, don't keep going. If you don't connect, you'll have, you have to connect in order to feel comfortable enough to be honest and like vulnerable. That's right. right. Yeah. 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 And you, you did beautiful on this call. You know, you needed to be all over the place for me to actually be able to help. This call wasn't about me figuring something out for you. This wasn't about some big breakthrough. This was about giving you the space to speak whatever you needed and say, you know what, Jesse, like you've been through a lot and you deserve some support. You deserve that. Because sometimes when we run the not enoughness thing, it will carry over into like not reaching out for support, not making that a priority. Thank you so much to Jesse for your openness, your vulnerability, your realness, and just giving yourself the time and space for this support. You just heard me say at the end of the call that often people that struggle with low self-worth, a lot of not enoughness, and constantly trying to compensate by doing and talking and proving and all these other things often aren't great at reaching out for support because the not enoughness is running the show. So sometimes they don't even feel enough to go and get support and really aren't advocates for themselves. So I acknowledge Jessie for being an advocate for herself and reaching out for support. And I pass that encouragement on to all of you, especially those of you who deal with the not enoughness monster. Get that enoughness up to the point where you really know you are worthy of support. Now, 
when we reach out for support, it's important. We don't do it from I'm broke. I hope this person that knows better than me fixes me. No, no, there's no gurus. Don't let anyone else play God in your life. You reaching out for support is going, I realize I live in an interdependent world. There are people that have certain skills and can hold certain spaces for me that will make it safe enough for me to do deeper work inside myself. I'm not broken. I'm just human. I'm evolving. I'm growing and I'm choosing support because it's an act of self-love. I know too many of you reach out for support or help from self-judgment. You think I'm broken. What will fix me? No, no, no. You're whole and complete. There's nothing wrong with you. You reach out for support because you want that safety. You want someone to be there for you in the ways that maybe mom or dad weren't. You're investing in yourself. You're hiring this person to help you. They are not your guru, right? So just keep that in mind whenever you're looking for support. So let's break down this call a little bit. As you heard, Jessie was dealing with perfectionism, buying necessary things, trying to figure out her childhood issue, trying to figure out if she should date, all of these things. And what it really boiled down to was she had a mom that was overly critical, a dad that was very angry, perhaps even a bit abusive, that created a chaotic home in which she never felt safe. So one of her coping strategies is to have this sort of ADD appearing personality. And you heard in the call, she was kind of all over the place. And that is so not a criticism of you, Jesse, or anyone listening that may be like this. And to the coaches and therapists that are listening, when you have a client who seems to dart here and dart there and is sort of all over the place and doesn't land with one thing for very long, what it is, is an indicator that they just don't feel safe. So the reason I didn't take Jesse into any deep feelings or deep memories is because I didn't want to take her into a place where she didn't feel safe. And I didn't have long enough with her to be able to really hold that extended period of space and support where I could go into those things. If she was a one-on-one client, it would be a different situation. But for those of you that do have clients that tend to dart around, know that your work with them initially is not to dive deep, but it's really to hold that space and create a feeling of safety, 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 safety is everything. So that's why to Jesse, I really just let her feel loved, helped her look at the level of anxiety, which was about an eight, helped her start to talk to her body and ask her body what she needs. And even her body said, I need to feel safe. So it was about slowing her down, starting to break that pattern of distracting herself with talking and eventually getting to, Hey, you know what? You deserve support. This is about receiving. It's not about dating. It's not about figuring out answers. It's not about trying to do it all on your own. It's about asking for support. And I hope by reaching out to a somatic therapist and PS, nothing against talk therapy for those of you who are talk therapists. I've been in talk therapy. It's a beautiful modality, but for someone who uses talking as a distraction, maybe talk therapy isn't the best fit. Just like I'm not the best fit as a coach for everyone. Talk therapy isn't the best fit for everyone. Maybe it is at certain times, but we need to move to other modalities depending on where we are. And for Jessie, since talking is the way she skips around emotion, that's why I really suggested the somatic work because there's a lot there for her. There's the mother stuff. There's the father stuff. There's the growing up with cops being called. She needs the space to just let that out. So again, seeking support is an act of self-love. 
some takeaways for you. Ask your body, which is connected to your inner child, what it needs. Because remember, as I said to Jesse, often the inner child is expressing these needs, like the need to shop, but then it's also the inner child that answers them from an immature place. Okay. You need to shop. Let's just shop. You need that inner parent to come in and go, I know you want to shop. What are you really craving? What are you really hungry for? And P.S. This is all the stuff we work with in the inner child workshop. So remember you can join me for the group, christinehasler.com slash group. Or you can go ahead and dive in to register for the Inner Child Virtual Retreat, March 19th through 20th at christinehassler.com slash inner child. Next, if you are a parent, one of the best things you can do is do your own work. It's amazing if you tell them incredible affirmations. That's wonderful. Yes, fill their minds and their ears with those kind of affirmative statements. And unconsciously, they're going to pick up a lot of your patterns, a lot of your unresolved issues, no pressure. So invest in yourself, work on yourself, be that great inner parent to your inner child, and you will be a better parent to your own child. Next, seek out support, get help. I've said that several times in this show. And if you are a coach, really learn how to hold space for the somatic experience. That's one thing that we're going to be teaching a lot about in our coaching institute. It's going to be called Elementum Coaching Institute. So again, if you want to apply for that, go to christinehassler.com slash coach training. That's where the information is going to be sent out. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.